0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rona Rants. I'm your host Bernardo, and today we have the fourth podcast. So before we start, I just wanted to say that I um, I've been uh, I've been getting quite a few um, quite a few comments on my show so that's actually i'm pretty happy about that um i got some constructive feedback which was great uh namely the squeaky bottle issue that i had in the last podcast and i'm not gonna repeat no i'm not gonna repeat that for sure um i replaced the squeaky bottle with a coke zero bottle and um and yeah everything's going well uh wanted to give you a short update, which is in general I'm feeling a lot better. I think my memory's improving as well. <laughs> uh basically I, I think it's all based on how bad I was sleeping before. So I yeah, I in general I'm not known to, to sleep very well. And I think the reason is because I'm 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 naturally a bit anxious as a person. And and I use too many. I overextend my time on on the PC or like looking at some screen, right? Uh, that's that's a pretty common problem. But uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely it rings true to me. Like I'm way too often on the PC. And uh, and so I've been making some lifestyle uh, lifestyle changes. And and so one of the things I've been doing is. Um, just to improve the overall wellness, right or health, uh, I started taking some vitamin D because I, I mean, I, I have no evidence to support this, but I I felt like, I felt like I probably was lacking some vitamin D because I'm always stuck at home. I I barely ever go out, um, and you know we've been going through this winter, and uh, I do come from a country which is rather abundant. in in vitamin D like the sun is very strong there and we have a lot of sunny days and while I was in Sweden I felt like I didn't have enough sun and I felt like vitamin D made a little bit of a difference so I don't know it might be placebo but I started taking vitamin D okay I I hope it works but yeah it seems to be helping a little bit I don't know Um, and you know I've been working out almost every day sometimes it takes some rest days Um, but that's going well. And, and, uh, I started, I started reducing the amount of time I spend on my PC. I put a filter for blue light, um, because the blue light supposedly, like blue light supposedly affects your brain and and makes you more stimulated than you should be. And, um, I started some type of weird meditation of my own. Maybe there's a name for this. I don't know. Uh, Basically, I'm sitting down against a wall. I put on some music and I just listen to my thoughts and I try to process my thoughts. Which is usually, you know, like in in meditation, they usually tell you, um, yeah, ignore your thoughts or focus on something else. But uh, yeah, not for me. I, I mean, I prefer just thinking about life or, you know, just trying to visualize something in my head like the sea or something. And, uh, and yeah, and I wanna, I will start painting as well to, uh, to have some hobby where I don't require any screens. I'm just waiting on my supplies. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so far I, I feel some difference. Like I I feel a lot more calm, uh, a lot less anxious, um, than before. Like the, the reason why I feel like it's anxiety is because, um, in the past, I thought I had sleep sleep apnea, which means that you don't breathe well while you're sleeping, and and so this is quite common for people who snore very loudly. I don't actually, but I thought that maybe I had it, and so I I even took a machine home and everything, and I did the whole overnight test, but apparently I didn't have that. So I think like most of my sleeping issues come from anxiety, and I think now that I'm kind of working on that. Um, I don't know. I've been waking up much better, uh, and I feel like I have more energy in general. So, here's the hoping. <laughs> I hope that uh, I hope that 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 was the solution, and uh, I'll let you guys know. So anyway, the the topics for today uh, they will be free, just like all the other ones. I might in the future reduce it down to two or increase it to four. I'm still not sure. I'm playing a little bit around with the format. Um, of course, if I reduce it down to two, I'll increase the length of time um, in which I talk about each of the topics, and I will, of course, proportionately reduce the time if I talk about four topics, but I think I I'll probably keep it around three or two. So there's three topics today, and one of them is books, how to start reading books if you hate them, Okay. Um, number and how do you enjoy books if you hate them number two is anime the stigmatized art form and why you should start watching anime Uh, and number three is cats versus dogs which is a topic that a viewer asked me to comment on so like the differences between having a cat and a dog um, and what does it say about you as a cat Owner or dog owner or what what pet which pet should you pick, right? What's the best pet? <laughs> let's just say, well, like what's the best pet? Is it a fucking cat or a dog? Yeah, I don't know. Well we we'll, uh, let's comment on this. I'll, I'll try my best to, to talk about these topics and, and let's see. So the first topic, books. And and yeah, let's talk about books, right? So I have to first tell you, I have to state my case. And, uh, and let you know how it was for me and why this topic is so important for me to talk about. So I am 27 years old and um, for the vast majority of my life I absolutely hated books. I, I really did not like reading, I avoided reading at all costs and I only started liking books when I was 23 or 24, so that's like three or four years ago. Uh, which is shocking to some people Uh, but yeah I I always hated books and it wasn't because I didn't have books around so the thing is if you know my family both my parents are avid readers like hobby uh, their their main hobby is reading basically they love it they love that fucking shit I don't know why they read so much but they do you know they cycle between I think my mom she cycles between like four books at a time like she just continuously reads four books and and she jumps from one book to the other and she does this insane like really fucking insane thing which is she starts reading the book at the end so she knows the ending which like incentivates her to incentivizes incentivates i don't really know uh it just it pushes her towards reading the whole book and that's fucking crazy you just spoil. she spoils herself so that she can then feel like reading the book like she has no motivation to read the book all the way to the end if she doesn't know the end it's insane but whatever um my dad and my brother they're not as insane but yeah my brother also reads a lot um they're all the free the three of them are quite well read and they have um pretty broad uh general culture i don't know if that's how you say it in english but yeah they're cultured in general um and i was kind of the black sheep in the family so I never read that much. I, I really disliked it, and it was pushed on me, of course, because my parents loved reading and they knew the importance of reading. Um, but it just it just didn't work for me. Like when I was a kid, I would pick out books, but it was the books that had pictures on them. You know, like I like the pictures. And uh, yeah, I just throughout my childhood, I I I struggled with reading, and. And yeah, most of the books that I ended up reading were in English because, okay, I, I, I have thought about like why I don't like, why I didn't like books and, and I can tell you why. Um, so the thing is like when we were younger, we moved, we moved to England and, uh, and English was actually technically my first language. It was the, the first one I, I learned and it was the one that I spoke at in school that I spoke in at school, I mean, and um, it was a one that I, I, I first started uh, reading and writing in English. And so the first books that I read were in English. And then we came to Portugal, and we started, um, and we had to learn Portuguese. So my brother spoke already a little bit, but very little. Uh, and both me and him had to had to learn Portuguese from scratch. and. Because we didn't speak it at home for some reason, so it was it was quite frustrating. Especially because I don't know. I think I had some sort of learning disability or something, but I just I didn't I just didn't grasp the language that well. You know, as I was growing, as I was uh, yeah, growing older there, um, and so and so I don't know what it was about Portuguese, but I felt like it was not a very specific language. There were many. There were multiple interpretations for for some verbs or words, which confused me a lot as a kid. and I just I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand it that well. And of course, of course, with time, I learned how to speak, I learned how to write and read. Um, but I remember that I really disliked reading in Portuguese, especially because that was what was forced on us when when you're a kid, you know. And I just disliked it. And I was really bad at interpreting texts. I remember my dad noticed that as well. Like I, I was not good at interpreting um, stuff that I read. And um, and so every time my parents tried to push a book on me, I would ask for English, uh, for it to be in English. But the thing is that I lost a lot of my English skills while I was growing up in, in Portugal. I, I had like this... Um, I had like this uh, English framework in my mind, right? The, like the structure was in English, but my English skills were not that good. Uh, I had forgotten a lot, and I just hadn't practiced a lot, and and so I had to relearn English while in Portugal, and uh, and and then I started reading a bit more, and yeah, the the books in English were fine, but the thing is, the thing is, so I had two options, right? I either picked a, port- a book in Portuguese or a book in English. And in Portuguese I fucking hated it because I thought like it was not a very it's a very vague language. And I, I hated it at the time. <clears throat> so I always picked the an English a book in English. And the books in English, the problem that I had was that my vocabulary was not good enough. So I would of- often find words that I didn't understand. And I would skip them and assume their meaning. And Often it would end up in me being really confused, like what, what I didn't think it meant that you know, and uh, and so, yeah, it was it was a tedious process to have to um, look up a word all the time or or not understand completely a sentence. And the thing is, the books that were pushed on me were not really the best books. They were very descriptive, like there was I I, f- I picked up for example Moby Dick at one point. Because it was uh it was a classic and I thought, oh, okay, this would be cool to to learn, to read, maybe I'll like it. And it was so descriptive. It's a fucking atrocious book at the time. Maybe I think now I would probably enjoy it, but at the time I thought it was shit, dude. It was fucking dog shit. And uh, and yeah, just in general I avoided I avoided books, especially because I I am part of the generation that grew up with video games and with um and and with awesome movies coming out. So uh like video video game consoles just got better and better and better and and, um and movies got better and better. And and so there's so much stimuli there. Like I was getting stimulated visually, um I, I forgot the word in English, but yeah. Uh, the music was also very stimulating, and and I don't know. It just it was very distracting to to watch to watch movies and play video games. So I I didn't even bother picking up a book. Why would I pick up a book if I could get a story from from a movie? You know, that was my my thought process back then. And so this went on for years, and I just you know completely discarded books, and then. Um, which was a big mistake because then one day, um, so what, what made things change, right? Why did I start picking up books? And the reason why I started picking up books was because I, um, it was because I, there was a topic that was, that I was interested in that I couldn't really find online quite well. Like there were bits and pieces every here and there, but there wasn't like a a concrete source of information that had a lot of things to say, um, except in book form. So I I saw a lot of references to some books and that was a self-help book. So back then I was very interested in like being very organized and more methodic and more goal oriented and so on. And there was a specific book that I was interested in, which I now don't remember. I think I have it in my collection here. Um there was a book that I really wanted to to get. And um and I, I was avoiding books because I didn't want to read them. But yeah, I decided, okay, fuck it. Let's just buy it and and let's see. And so I started reading it and, and it was awesome. It was awesome. Like I I did have the the struggle with the words so I had to google a lot of words Um, but the source of information was so interesting to me like the, the information itself was so interesting that it kept me reading the book and I just worked through it right and I started acquiring more more words my vocabulary increased and and of course I had read stuff online as well it's not like I never read you know but but when you read a book you're you're presented with such a Uh, a huge variety of different words that you know you get stunned sometimes like what the fuck am I reading what what is this word and so like I powered through because it was a a book that that had a lot of things that I cared about and after that self-help book I thought all right fuck it um there's another some other topics that I want to read about and I I bought another self-help book <laughs> and uh, and another self-help book and I, I kind of I fell into this spiral of self-help books which is another topic in itself like I don't think it's we shouldn't talk about this today I can maybe talk about it another time um, because the self-help industry that's like a that's like a completely separate topic and I have a lot to say about that um, but yeah it's a bit of a corrupt industry there uh, so I would be jumping from self-help book to self-help book because I found them interesting. They had a lot of things which were they seemed valuable to my life. Of course, what would happen is they would just make me feel better and I wouldn't actually implement any of the things and I would just be jumping from one to the other to the other to the other. Um, and, and the thing is like only a few of these books did they actually look up the author behind them and, and see whether or not this guy had any credibility, Right. Uh, because a, a lot of them are just random people who, uh, who just proclaim this, themselves as, as gurus, right? Um, so, yeah, it's just a lot of bullshit. But anyway, self-help books was what brought me to the book world. So, because I found this genre that I found interesting, uh, that spoke about a lot of things that resonated with me and that I could apply in my life. They weren't just random novels, um, which had stories that I, I I back then thought I could, you know, acquire from watching movies and so on. Um, this is what brought me to the book world, and then, shortly after this, I started getting used to reading and so on. And I, I started reading uh, when I would go to school, uh, or I would have to take the 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 tram or the bus somewhere, uh, and I, I started running out of books eventually and so i i asked my brother um if he would if he would lend me a book that he found interesting like a short book that he found interesting that he that he thought would be cool for me to read and so he lent me this book called mort from terry pratchett i think it's terry pratchett and uh i read the book and it was fucking amazing it was fucking amazing like i I thought it was going to be shit but then i started reading it and i was so engaged I just I couldn't I couldn't let go of the book. It was so cool. Like the character was interesting. The the whole world was very peculiar. And I just I just couldn't let go of the book. I, I, I read it in a very short amount of time for the for the kind of reader that I was. And uh, and it just opened my eyes like fuck. I hated novels, I hated reading like uh, quote unquote normal books. And then I find this book and it, it really shows me how important how Im- important the author is. You know, it's it's so obvious, right? But it's not something that you really think about when you when you hate books. But the author, the writer, the way he writes can really impact how satisfied you are from reading that book, you know? And and Terry Pratchett just he writes in a way because I, I, then I read a few more books of his. And he writes in a way that is very compelling. You know, you just want to read more and more and more. And I thought that was so cool. And then I, it just yeah, it just opened like horizons to me. Like, fuck, this book, it had so much story. It had dialogues. It had amazing dialogues. I could see through the th- thoughts of each character and, and get to know how they feel. And I, I can read about the... The very very detailed descriptions of, of each place and so on, and I, and then and then I just asked uh what what happened, I asked for uh I got I got a few more novels, yeah I just basically I got a few more novels I don't remember from whom, um and uh, eventually I reread Harry Potter the first Harry Potter, um. And then I reread, or I read the, the first book of uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. So the first book. Um, and I also loved it. It was great. So it was kind of like, a, I realized that reading became, like, reading books became a skill in a way. You know, um, after you've acquired a certain amount of vocabulary... And and you've learned to like be patient and to read carefully, um, then you can really see like how interesting a book can be and how 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 much information you can get, you know. And uh, and and yeah. So after this, after I read these, I um, I started just reading more, and um, I just picked up books that were you know, that were, um, describing things that I enjoyed. So things that I thought were practical. I, I typically don't read novels. I like reading things that have some, some sort of, uh, knowledge that would be hard for me to acquire online. So I like to read, you know, uh, tutorials on things, or I like to read, um, again, self-help books or Books with a certain topic, like essays. It's not essays, but uh, there's a word for this. It's like non uh, nonfictional books, essentially. So yeah, I realized that, and and um, and then of course came this um, this standard uh, debate about like which what is better, movies or books on a certain. Let's let's talk about a certain story, right? What are better, movies or books? And then you always had that guy like, uh-huh, yeah, Harry Potter, the movies were okay, but uh, uh, I, I read the books and they're much better, you know. And to me, that's really retarded. Like, I think you, you can't compare the two art forms, you know. There's There's things that you could decompose them into several factors and then compare the factors maybe. But you can't compare the two art forms. There's things that the movies have that the books don't have. And, and vice versa, and the thing is, they both influence each other too, so for example, movies have music, and they have visual effects, that you would not be, I mean, you could maybe imagine it while you're reading, but not really, and they bring so much charm, you know, music is so important to people, it really changes your mood, and the way you perceive things, and, you know, the classic Harry Potter theme, and the whole mystical vibe that you get, it would be a lot more reduced if you just read the books than it is if you had watched the movies and read the books so uh, movies definitely play their part as well Um, but books have one thing uh, books have many things that movies do don't do well of course which is there's a lot more information in books right you take longer to read a book than to watch the movie so of course there's more information so the story is more detailed and you can of course, movies can also do this uh, shortly, but books can—you you can really get into the skin of the character and 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 read their thoughts. Like you can get, you can you're spoon-fed their their thoughts basically, um, and this doesn't really happen in movies so much. Like your idea of a character is based on the way they behave externally, while in the books. They can be based on how they behave externally and how they beha- behave internally, and so I, I thought that was it was cool. It was interesting, you know, and uh, and and so books definitely, yeah. I don't know where I wanted to go with that, but I just wanted to point out that um, that difference between the art forms, and I'm sure there's a lot of other things I'm forgetting here, but um, but yeah, it's important to to mention that. And so yeah, now I'm just. Um, Now I'm just reading books whenever I feel like it. Uh, I can basically find a time every day to, to read a little bit. And so let's go back to the question. How do I start reading books and why should I start reading books? And I will try to list things for you. Okay. So going back on my whole experience, I'm going to try to list stuff. Why should you start reading books? Why? Because number one, you can get a lot of information that will be hard to find online. Or maybe it will be easy to find online, but you will have to compile it yourself and put all the p- uh, puzzle pieces together. So, for example, if you're looking for a solid in-depth source of information on a particular topic, you either have to scavenge around the Internet and put things together uh, that might have no connection to each other. Like they, they, you can make the connection yourself. They could have references, but you're not sure. Um, I'm not saying that searching online is bad. Like, I, I, I search online all the time. It's it's awesome. You can learn a lot of stuff online. But I feel like books, it's much better for you to follow... If you really want to get inside a topic, it's much better for you to follow a credible author and go through one of their, um, their most important books. Because books will have references to other books. And you can just follow the the thought process a lot better in a book. Like it's a lot more step-by-step detailed than picking up information that you find scattered online. In general, because of course there are some places online that are almost like books. You know, the, the information is structured in a very good way. But I would say in general, with books you can find a lot of very interesting information that can be very useful to your life. So it's, it doesn't have to just be novels. Okay? That's point number one. So uh, yeah it can just be not it, it doesn't have to just be novels. That's very important to, to clarify. Number two um why should you read books? Because it increases your vocabulary so your your language skills actually increase. Doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean that my English is much better than it was before. Like, I still speak a bit like shit, you know, and uh, <clears throat> I'm not that eloquent when I'm, when I'm speaking, but my reading is a lot better. I can understand a lot more complex sentences than I could before. And um, in general, it actually, it improves your language acquisition of other languages too, because you sh- if you pay attention and you learn a new word, you can actually kind of understand, the like some of these new words that you will learn have connections with other languages, especially if you're reading in English, because English uses a ton of loan words from French and other and German and other languages. So you can learn quite a bit there Uh, and Latin, of course. So there's a lot of connections between English and Romance languages and Germanic languages and so on. I mean English is a Germanic right? Germanic language. Um, and number three is you can get so much more insight into a character and a lot more details of a story if you read the book than if you depend on the movie. And I'm not saying that you should just what you should only read the books. you should also watch the movies if you can. But books just give you a whole other level. Like it's it's just a you get immersed into a whole new world when you're reading a book than when you're watching a movie. But I've heard I know you've heard this argument many times before. So okay, that's the reasons why you should read the uh, read books. Uh, and of course, the third point is for novels. And i I know you've probably heard this many times before. So there's no point like hammering so much on this part. The the most important part is. How do I actually start reading books? If I, if I hate books, and if I was like you, Bernardo, who started reading more when you were 24, how do I start reading books? How do I stop hating books? And <laughs> I'll try my best to, to, to tell you how to do this. Number one, um, abstract yourself from the idea that books are just novels or stories that don't, that don't matter, you know? Because maybe you're just not into that. Maybe you're not into novels. There are many different types of books. And I'm not saying that you should go and and look up self-help books, you know, just like me. But I'm sure there's some type of genre that you would be interested in. Think about your activities. Think about the things that you like to do. I'm sure you can find a book that would be very interesting for you to read. Like, for example, let's say you're a a very social person. Most of your hobbies or uh, your activities are based around people or relationships you're very into socializing and 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 forming relationships then maybe look into some social dynamics group um books you know um maybe a book on how to interpret body language better that's really interesting uh or maybe you're super into crime and serial killers for example well there's plenty of books for that you know you don't have to just watch netflix documentaries and this shit like i know that that the thing is, online you can find much easier, uh, you can find information much easier, uh, in a, in a much more visually appealing form. But it's always going to be superficial. If you want to learn in depth uh, about one of these topics, which could be super interesting and super helpful for you, for example, if you want to improve your relationships uh, with people, doesn't have to be dating, but with people uh, in general, or if you want to learn more about how anthropology like how humans behave and so on um, or religion or 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 um, I don't know physics uh, computer science I don't know it doesn't matter just think of a topic that you might like that is non-fictional if you're not into fiction and 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 look try to find online if there's some recommended book for you to read and give it a shot you'd be surprised. I'm, I'm sure you can find a book that would be really interesting to you, uh, really interesting for you. So, that's point number one. No, point number two is check if you're not being overstimulated by by media in general, you know? So, I complained about this before. In general, like, when I was younger and even now, um, like, I was always blasted by highly stimulating things, you know? And, and the way for you to check if you're too addicted to screens to be able to concentrate on a book is check. Do you have any hobby which is not exercising and not talking to other people, um, which you can do without having to look at a screen? Like, can you do this for like an hour without resorting to opening up your PC or, or your phone? Can you do this? So for example, playing guitar or, or painting or um, knitting, or, um, you know, some kind of crafting. Uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I'm sure you can find some hobby like this. Can you do something like this, like something that doesn't require a screen for one hour? Can you do this? If the answer is yes, then you should have concentrate enough concentration to read a book. And if, if the answer is no, then you probably first have to find a way to reduce your screen time and to work on your concentration in one task. This is probably important before you start reading. Um, and that's up for you to figure out. I'm not a guru, you know. Uh, and number three is if 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 the language is a barrier for you, so you're maybe you have like you're not very. You don't have a vast vocabulary, let's say, in the language of your choice. It doesn't have to be English. Um, Then just start with a simpler book, you know. Uh, Ask friends of yours that have given you good recommendations on on movies or books. or Sorry, on movies or series. And ask them if they read, of course. And if they have read, ask them for, like, simple books. Simple, short books. Um, maybe not even for your your age range for a short for a younger age range and um, and yeah, just ask them for some help on this and uh, and I think these three steps will uh, will really help you like definitely start with shorter books and if you have any questions you can always ask me um, or if you have anything you want to comment on, feel free to do so. Uh, I just want you to know, it is possible to like books even after twenty-four years of, of hating them. Uh, <laughs> I managed, so you can definitely manage too. And I'm telling you, it's it's quite rewarding to read. Like, if it feels quite good to read. Okay, that took a lot—a really long time. I'm sorry about that. Uh, I think this this podcast will be. It's in general a bit more serious than the other ones. Um, and it's, it might take longer than the other ones for sure. Um, but that's okay. I have the patience, so so should you. Now let's talk about the second topic, which I was uh, quite interested in doing. But I'm, I'm worried that I won't be able to express my thoughts that well. Like uh, I won't be that convincing. Uh, because it really depends on the type of viewer that you are. But whatever, we'll get into that later. So the second topic is anime, the the stigmatized art form. And first of all, uh, what is anime? So anime is uh, it's now it's a style, but originally it was uh, cartoons that were made in Japan. So anime is short from for animation, animation. I don't know how they say it, like animation. So it's like the Japanese way of saying animation, like the you know, translation from English to Japanese, and um, and so us Westerners we call we like they they call their cartoons anime, and we refer to their cartoons as anime as well because they have like a very distinct style, which you wouldn't say is the same as our cartoons in the West, right? right. Um, yeah, they have a very distinct style uh and you know there are some western cartoons now that apply this style and this is why it's hard to say like when is uh when is a cartoon an anime and i would say it's like for me it's the visual style it doesn't have to be japanese to be considered anime um but some people might disagree with me on that i don't know but you can fuck off if you do um and and one, there's one show that uh, is kind of like in between these, and that's uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. So that's a Western show, uh, but the style is very anime-like. Uh, or not very anime-like, but it's quite anime-like. Um, however, I don't know if it's considered anime. Anyway, so that's what anime is. So what's the problem with anime? Well, first of all, uh, we need to understand, like, what are cartoons, right, in the West? So, cartoons, generally, um, they are made for kids. That's the truth. Most of the cartoons that we see, they're made for kids. That's their target audience. It's it's children. So, a lot of the cartoons will be, you know, humoristic. They will be very lighthearted, very um, simple. And, uh, yeah, just with loud noises uh, and, f- and funny sounds and they're just they're appealing to kids and we grew up with them when we were kids and um yeah so that's kind of the whole point of cartoons in the west to entertain kids um of course we have disney and pixar and dreamworks and and some other companies which make movies that maybe now are more like family you know uh the the target audience is the family so even adults can can uh, be entertained by these movies um and you know as an adult you can watch for example the lion king and enjoy it for sure but it doesn't it doesn't take you away from the fact that um that the target audience are are children and so if you're if you as an adult watch a lot of cartoons all the time mm, I mean I don't care what you do. I really don't give a shit. But if you're watching a lot of these cartoons, yeah, probably people will think you're weird. Or that you're, you know, they'll think like, why didn't he grow up? Or he or she, why didn't he or she grow up? Um, so, so yeah. And then you have anime. So the the Japanese cartoons. And, um, you know... Uh, First of all, it's something foreign, it's in a different language, right? And then the thing is, um, there are some really weird things out there. Like Japanese people, they're very creative, but there are some really weird shows out there. And of course, some of them are gonna, you know, they're gonna call for more attention than others. And and so when people usually think about anime, they, they imagine like these... Cute girls with huge eyes, and with very, um, very flamboyant dresses, making loud noises and saying "kawaii" and shit like this. Uh, you know, they that's that's what people will will think of when they're thinking about anime, or they will see like sexualized cartoon girls in inappropriate situations. You know, and so. If it's found out that an adult is watching these cartoons for kids that have, like, characters who are, like, over-sexualized females or, or or like, very bubbly girls making loud noises, of course, it, it's seen, like, as kind of creepy or perverted um, or or just weird because you're watching cartoons for kids. Uh, so, this is why anime is usually... St- uh, and, of course, it's in a foreign language, so... Uh, there's a lot of stigma around anime, and in my opinion, it's 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 very ignorant. <laughs> uh, I have a, I have a pretty strong opinion on this because I love anime personally, and I think like a lot of people are super ignorant when it comes to anime. Uh, I mean like, I mean ignorant in the true sense of the word. I don't mean that they that they they're prejudiced. I mean like, they're ignorant. They just don't know enough about the art form. They don't know anything about anime. Uh, They're just going by like what they've heard people say or maybe from one show they saw on TV, you know. And, And so I will basically build up a case for anime and I'll try to convince you to watch it. So first thing is, I would say the biggest distinction between anime and Western cartoons is the seriousness behind these cartoons, right? So in the West, the cartoons are mostly targeting children. They're usually uh, comedic, and the episodes have no connection with each other. Usually, um, they're one-time things, and they're they're made to entertain children. In anime, depending on the show, of course, there are exceptions, but most shows are quite serious. Like the the episodes have connections with each other, and there are multiple different categories of anime. Plus. They're decomposed into different age groups as well. So you have like shonen, which is for like um, teen, like young teenagers, or teenagers, and you have seinen, which is for more like uh, older teenagers or adults. Uh, and then there's there's some more category. I don't speak Japanese, but there's some more uh, like age groups and and also different categories. So it could be sports, or it could be. Um, action adventure uh thriller a horror uh i don't know it's like it's, it's it's almost like like movies you know it's almost like movies and and so i wouldn't pair anime with with cartoons i wouldn't call anime cartoons because of this because of how serious they are like how, how much effort is put into most of or i can't say most but in a lot of these shows there's so much effort put into it and there's so much such enriching stories inside um, that you can't even compare with with western cartoons or most of them you know like they're they're a lot of these shows they're not for children they're really not for children there's shows that are super violent that are really psychologically uh, disturbing Um, they have really interesting like mind-blowing ideas and plots you know there's like there's actually quite a few movies in hollywood that are based on the plots that come from anime um but if i'm going to be more correct actually so anime's anime is based is usually based off of manga and manga is like the comic books so they they have like comic books (sighs) so most of these shows um Fuck me, where do I start? So it's kind of like with books and mo- uh, and movies, right? I would say like anime is different from cartoons because it's almost like it's almost like the movie industry. You have the books which are um which are the manga, so it's like comic books. And then a lot of anime is based off of the manga. Right? And so it's kind of like books and movies, right? This dualism. Um so yeah, that um, a lot of mo- Hollywood movie ideas are based off of manga ideas, and and that's how serious the, it is in the East. So, um, the first important thing to say is like there is a big distinction between Western cartoons and Eastern cartoons in the sense that uh, anime can be very serious and it can be for adults with very violent topics and and very interesting um like plots right and um and in the west it's more like for children that's i've already i'm just repeating myself a lot here but that's important to just uh, put in your mind and then so what else is interesting about anime so as i said before there's many different categories and then first thing is you get like you get blasted with a completely different culture, right? So, um, most of most of anime is based in Japan, right? It's it's in Japanese, and so you see a lot of things and concepts that you have never seen before. You know, there's a lot of things that come from Japanese culture, or they come from fiction within the Japanese culture, and they just blow your mind. Like what? Like people actually think like this? They actually do things like this? Uh, and then, like I would say. That really there's there's Japanese people are very creative, I would say. I don't want to generalize, but I really believe like these a lot of these authors, they're so creative. It's insane. Like if you watch uh Studio Ghibli's movies or Studio Ghibli, I don't know, um Hayao Miyazaki's movies, he's just he's one of the icons of anime, but it's not like he's not representative of of the whole industry. But if you watch his movies, right? He's kind of the Disney of Japan. Um, like you can see, there's 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 a difference in depth between his movies and and uh, and the Disney ones. There's like some serious, like some darkness within them. You know, if you watch some of them, like like Spirited Away, for example, uh, Princess Mononoke, and um, and a few others. If you if you look into them, you'll you'll be surprised. And they're quite easy to watch uh, as a Westerner, you know. And um, and so, what I wanted to say is that um, there's there's so many different topics that are talked about that you you would never expect to to hear about or see in the West. And I feel like there's a lot less taboo in Japan, so uh, a lot more things are portrayed like a lot more violent ideas are portrayed there's not so much censorship and I find that kind of refreshing in a way like sometimes it can be bad you know because for example the sexual thing that I mentioned before I feel like they're a bit perverted sometimes like some shows are a bit perverted Um, but in general I like the the freedom of expression like you you can really see um, really creative ideas and very emotional ideas you know uh this sounds super (laughs) this sounds super weak of me to say or super sensitive of me to say but i think people that have watched a lot of anime can relate to this there are some anime out there that will make you cry like a fucking bitch dude they will just make you cry so much i swear to god like even for example there's there's one show called one piece it's for um i guess it's for young teenagers or like teenagers um, but a lot of people watch it, it's a shonen. even adults watch it, and uh, it's, it's super, uh, like, it's a great, it's a great shonen. it's, uh, it's got very interesting characters, they're all very quirky, the story is interesting, um, and, and, like, th- that show, it has some moments that just, they're so powerful, so impactful, like, it's, it's insane. Like it's just really insane and the way the emotions are portrayed it, it just it, it really hits your heart. Like it, it fucking kicks you in the heart, you know? You really cry. It's like uh it's almost like the first like ups, you know, the first scene in Up, the movie Up in Disney. Like damn, some some scenes are really messed up and and you know there's I I personally like the seinen type of uh, of anime so the very like the more mature types and fuck man you can find some really disturbing shows out there but they're super interesting you know like there's uh i don't want to i unfortunately don't want to spoil any any animes to you but uh there's um let me see what can i talk about i don't want to spoil any show yeah, sorry, I, I can't talk about the shows, but you have to trust me on this. There are shows that you will you will see and you'll be like, fuck man, that's that's crazy. I can't believe someone thought about this. And it really makes you think outside, you know, it makes it makes you think in real life about them. That's how good they are. I would say anime has some of the best stories I've ever seen. You know? Maybe you can find some in books of of course you can find really awesome stories as well in books, but I really believe like anime and manga. Have some of the best uh, stories I've ever seen. Um, so that's another reason, and 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 yeah, like okay, that's the reasons why you should watch it. Of course, I should talk about the disadvantages. Disadvan um, disadvantages would be you will have to read subtitles in Japanese. You shouldn't watch it dubbed, in my opinion. Uh, of course, maybe you've watched some anime before that was dubbed. You know, like Dragon Ball Z. Sure, um, that's fine. But I would recommend that you don't watch it dubbed. So you'd have to get used to the Japanese subs. And I think that's completely fine. You get used to it. Or sorry, not the Japanese subs, the Japanese audio, but the subs in your in your language. So you have to get used to like hearing Japanese. But you you read the, the subs in your language. But that's fine, dude, you get used to that. And, and, of course, uh, number two is, like, sometimes there's humor that you're not really used to, and it's kind of weird. Like, some Japanese sense of humor is kind of weird, but you get used to it. And, of course, like, with, with freedom of expression, you see things that you don't want to see, right? So, there are some shows that are sometimes a bit racist, if you're sensitive towards that, uh, if you're sensitive to that. And uh, there are a lot of, like, sexual things going on, and sometimes this is really weird of course it's not every show it's just a few shows um sometimes they have like i don't know just really like suggestive um yeah just suggestive sexual stuff with minors almost minors and that's the that's the weird part of japan you know uh that a lot of people like whoa okay this is yeah this is not acceptable but it's very, very few amount of shows. And when you find one, you can just skip that show and, and watch another one. Um, so that, that I would say are disadvantages. The advantages, as I said before, uh, you get amazing stories and uh, and very interesting concepts that you can't find in most other places. All right. Um, and now I want to tell you, like, okay, so if I want to start watching anime, what should I watch? Because I don't want to watch a shit show, right? Of course, you know, just like any other art form, it's not perfect. There are going to be, there are going to be animes that are absolute dog shit, you know. There's animes out there which suck donkey dick, like they're really bad. Um, They're not fun, they're not funny, and they're not interesting at all. There's many of these, the same, you can find the same, like there's a lot of books that suck, and uh, and, um, yeah, there's a lot of. There's a lot of everything that sucks, right? A lot of movies that suck. Um, so I will give you my recommendations as to which shows you, sh- you should watch um, or maybe maybe free shows that you should watch. And then if you need more recommendations, you can ask me. You can also look up a guide online for for anime um, or maybe someone in the comments will will give you some suggestions. If you guys have suggestions, let me know. Um, but I will give you, like, my insight on, like, which anime you should pick when you start watching anime. So, which ones are the best to start with? That's what I mean. So, the, the, the first one, and this is, in my opinion, the most important anime you should watch, and especially the first one to start with, is Death Note. So, Death Note. And this show is super important because it will basically... ...break this illusion that you have that um, every cartoon or every anime is, or that anime is like cartoons, they're for children. And this show will break that illusion in you, okay? So, the I'll give you a bit of the plot. So, it's basically, the main character is a guy who is a genius student at, uh, at high, in high school. Um, but he's really bored with life, like, he finds his life very dull... And you know, every now and then he looks at the TV and he sees that there is quite a, a lot of crime in Japan, and he's just in general bored and he thinks the world sucks a little bit. Meanwhile, there's, um, there's, uh, they show some some creatures which are the death gods, the shinigami, um, who are you know th- some, uh, I wouldn't say they're gods, but yeah, there's some like superior life form who controls um, people's death so they basically like keep i think they keep track of like how people die and so on and each and each death god has a book and these book and this book basically what it does is if you if you write someone's name The there's a lot of rules in the book but if you write someone's name down in the book and you have the image of the person while you're writing down you can kill that person, okay? So you, uh, And uh, then you can specify the cause of death and whatever, but it's a basic rule. If you write someone's name down and if you have their face in, in your head while you're writing it down, then that person will die, okay? It's a special rule of their book. And one day, one of the these death gods decides to just drop the book uh, down on, onto Earth, just for fun. He just drops the book down, down and he, he just wants to see what kind of havoc is, is caused. And so, of course, this main character finds this book. He sees the book. He he sees that the title is Death Note. He gets intrigued, and he starts reading the rules. And it's interesting, but of course, he doesn't really believe it. He thinks it's just a, a stupid book that someone made made up. So. He he starts reading the rules, and he eventually. Uh, he. He goes home and he sees that someone is uh, someone is doing some sort of crime. I don't remember what it was, and so he just he gives it a try. He looks at the person in, on TV in the news, and he sees the name, and he writes down the the name of the person, and that person ends up dying, and he gets shocked, like what the fuck did it actually happen, and and then as he does this, since he touched the book, he can now see the death god to whom the the book belongs. Right. So he he sees the the death god and basically like they partner up uh, or the the death god like explains to him some stuff. And then he just decides to to give it a try. And and he decides to wipe out um, the criminals in Japan. And eventually he starts killing uh, so many of these criminals that he becomes, you know, he he wants to become some sort of, of um, like policing entity, but then there is another force that tries to catch him. And I'm not going to say anything else because that would be spoiling. I already spoiled a little bit, but this is the basic premise. So it's a guy, it's a genius guy who comes up with a, a very uh, how would you call this? grandiose scheme to uh, clean the world and then there's a, a group that tries to catch him because they realize that something's going on some criminal or someone must be behind all of these killings and 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 then and and the the leader of that group who's trying to catch the the main character is also a genius and so it becomes like this battle of wits and it's it's such a great show like everyone should watch that uh, and it might seem a bit slow at the beginning, but you'll definitely enjoy this and it's it's super worth watching. Um, so that's the first show I would recommend because, it, as I said, it will show you the, the seri- seriousness and the, the creativity behind anime. Um, and then the problem are the, the two next shows. So another one that would be cool for you to watch because it's, it's very serious is Attack on Titan. Um, and this one is, it's a ve- it's a very violent show, but it's essentially about um imagine if humanity humanity um is being almost like humanity is trying to survive. There are some life forms out there that are that are much stronger and much bigger than than humans. And, and humans barely have any tools to fight against these monsters. So they just keep, they, they barricaded themselves in, a, in, a, in an area and they, they keep getting harassed by these monsters. And eventually um, the monsters break into the uh, break through the walls and just wipe out a lot of humans. And so they're just trying to survive. And then there's a lot of mystery behind everything that's going on. Like where, who are these monsters? Where do they come from? Why do they want to kill us? Um, and and even, like, some political issues within the whole human group. And it's also super interesting. Uh, I really recommend Attack on Titan as well because it's serious, and and it gives you, um, yeah, just an interesting dynamic on things. And then the, the problem is that if... It really depends, like, who is recommending to you these shows. Personally, I like the very serious topics, but you can also find very interesting, lighthearted... Anime, and i think my third recommendation would be to just watch uh studio ghibli movies so pick up pick up the main movies from hayao miyazaki so studio ghibli and uh and just watch them and there it's i swear it's like it's like a more it's like a, a, a it's like disney but a bit darker i think you should watch them especially spirited away um princess mononoke is definitely worth it Totoro is more like, yeah, like lighthearted, fun. Um, what was the name of the other one? Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. This one is really good. Howl's, Mo- Howl's Moving Castle. Um, and then there are a bunch of like other ones. that I, There's uh, there's one called Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. I watched that a long time ago. I don't remember if it was that good. But yeah, watch these. And that's my recommendation. There's many other shows you can watch. There's many other recommendations uh, I could give you. If you want like a a more shonen. So more like... um, uh, No, never mind. I think, honestly, these are really good starting points. And then after I can give you more. Or you can just ask around. right? You can check some guides online. But yeah. Don't neglect anime; it's worth watching. Uh, don't be stupid. <laughs> don't don't just uh, be scared because it's it's um, I don't know something you're not used to. Okay, I've realized the podcast is going for way too long now. Um, let's talk about dogs and cats. Fuck it, we'll just go for a really long podcast. See, this is what happens when we talk about emotional things, you know this topic matters to me i love anime a lot of my friends love anime but i think a lot of people just didn't i don't know they were they just um didn't have the opportunity to 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 watch it oh also important to to tell you how do or where do i get this anime so death note like where do i watch death note so um depends on your country of course but you can find it on netflix I'm I'm saying Death Note because that's the one you should definitely start with. Um, There's Death Note on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. If not, you can also pay for a subscription on on Crunchyroll, which is an anime thing. But I don't recommend it because you've never watched it before, right? Um, Otherwise, (laughs) I recommend the old pirating uh, strategy. Yeah, just go full pirate if you can. Uh, I know in Portugal it's fine. Uh, In Germany, it's not fine. In Sweden, I think it's fine. Yeah, I don't know where else you were, but uh, yeah, try Netflix. It should be on Netflix. Uh, Okay, so cats versus dogs. This is another big topic. Uh, I know we're like one hour and something in, but I'm not going to rush this either. Uh, Cats versus dogs. Well, first, before we start, I have to say I'm very biased. I am a dog person, or I love animals in general, you know, I really like cats too, but I am a dog person, I would say, and and so just bear that in mind, I, I've only had dogs so far, dogs and a hamster, Um, I love that hamster, actually I, I fed it too, <laughs> I fed my hamster too much, He he kind of died from obesity, I think. Sparky, his name was Sparky, I, I gave him food all the time, and he bit me a lot, the son of a bitch, but, you know, I kind of loved him in a way, like, fucking asshole, it was a toxic relationship, um, but yeah, so, animals in general, um, uh, what was I gonna say, fuck me, right, so, What is better dogs versus cats i'm gonna just say it out loud dogs dogs are better no but seriously no um well first i think we need to discuss like what kind of pet are you looking for or what are you looking for in a pet that's the most important right and uh okay we can start like being we can be like super autistic here and just uh objectively look at everything right so you can say that um, in every relationship or in every almost everything you do, you look at some possible gain, right? In most things, you, you look for gain in things, right? So it, even in relationships with friends, um, your friends, they give you something back. And if they stop giving you these things back, you probably drop them as a friend. Now, this sounds fucking terrible, but it's kind of true. So... Um, if you, what do you find in your friends that they give you back? Usually, it's good company, and good company is very vague. But the truth is, like they give you, uh, either they they have a great sense of humor, they make you laugh, you know. Um, it could be that they uh, they are very good listeners, so you can talk a lot, and they give you good feedback, or or they just listen to you, which is also something you might be looking for. Um, uh, yeah, they might they might give you, um, they might just be uh, they might be very fun or funny. They ha- might have great jokes. Uh, they they can maybe be very innovative and and do lots of new things, which is very exciting for you, and bring you along. You know, they can also have a lot of good social connections, so you meet more people through them, and and it's not just one of these factors. Usually, it's a combination of these factors. Uh, oh, they—they might also have uh, very similar values. You can have very thoughtful conversations, very deep conversations with each other, and so on. So, there's many different things that a friend can can bring you, uh, and that you you give them. So it's like a symbiotic relationship. So you they give you stuff, you give them stuff, and you stay together as friends because you you give stuff that they like, and they give you stuff that that you like. If a friend becomes um, someone who stops giving you the things that you wanted, you might undervalue them as a friend or you might even drop them as a friend. That sounds really bad, but it's kind of true. Anyway, we're not going to go into that. But um, now let's look at pets because we have to kind of be a little bit selfish, in my opinion, in the sense that we need to look at like, what do I want from a pet? You know, what do I want from a pet? Right? Because that really changes like what kind of pets do you want so for example for me what i want from a pet is i would like a pet which gives me company so it's often around me it doesn't have to be doing stuff with me all the time but it's just it's just around me like i can feel its presence and i would like that you know when i pet when i want to touch the 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 pet that they will enjoy it, you know, that they enjoy, they don't have to always enjoy it, but they will mostly enjoy when I when I touch them and when I interact with them, um, and that they will want to play when I want to play with them. Of course, it doesn't have to be all the time. I don't want to force it, but it would be cool if the pet enjoyed it when I want to uh, play, you know, and, um, and, ideally it would be great to have a pet who is independent but also dependent right so some so a pet that can do its own thing but also feel a need to be around me and that because I feel the need to be around them and we entertain each other so it's like a companion like a yeah it's it's, it's like a companion and I'm probably forgetting some some more uh, things that I would like from a pet but that's that's basically how I see a pet I would not like a pet where, you know, if I want to pet, if I want to caress the pet, uh, it it bites me or it doesn't, it doesn't like it all the time. Or most times, Uh, a pet that just, you know, I want to do some activity or do something with them and they just completely ignore me or just do their own thing. Um, That they only come to me when they feel like it and like, because it sounds really wrong what I'm saying, but yeah. that a pet that like if a pet only comes to me when they feel like it and and it doesn't regard like how I feel like it like it doesn't care about how I feel like it uh, oh, fuck. if a pet comes to me when it feels like it but it doesn't care if I do or not or a pet that comes to me when I feel like having the pet close to me that's a big difference. Doesn't mean that I that I will force the pet when I feel like being with them, but it would be cool that it that we would be in sync. It would be cool if we would be in sync. That's what I mean. So that's for me the ideal pet, right? Um, and of course, loving, you know, uh, wanting to share affection, like be close and touch, and and just be be there close. So that's that's very important to me. Um, and now let's talk about both dogs and cats, right? So dogs and cats are clearly very different, but we can't generalize. Um, there are cats that have more dog-like traits and there are dogs that have more like cat-like traits. And so like the, the basic thing that people say, right, is that cats are independent and dogs are very dependent, needy. Um, and and yeah, it's true. It's 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 true for sure. And, and 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 the thing is like they both have attributes that are very interesting and and they're quite nice and they both have negative traits that are that are kind of annoying. So, it's hard to pick like which animal suits you better. Um so for cats, I'm going to talk about cats, but I don't want people to hate on me because I don't have that much experience with cats. But I would say that cats are very independent, usually. You have some cats that are more dependent, of course. But I would say cats are usually very independent. So they're great animals to have in apartments because they just do their own thing. They really just do their own thing. They're very entertained by by themselves. And they're quite clean in the sense that it's easy to tell them where they should uh they should do their necessities, you know, shit and and whatever, (laughs) Uh, and uh, they're quite clean, so they're just easy to manage in that sense, where, like, they, yeah, they're not mess. they're not that messy, except when they break stuff, of course, Um, and they're, they're, so they're very independent, they're very curious, which is cool, like, it's interesting to watch them, because they interact with a lot of objects, and and try to find new things and just do crazy things. So that's kind of like why they're the internet's animal. Because they're so interesting to look at. And and when you record them, they can really do really crazy sh- shit. Um, but uh, there's something I just I don't like about cats. And, and cat owners usually have an argument against this. But basically... What I don't like about cats is how how independent they are. Like they're too they're too independent, which sounds like something very oppressive that I'm saying. But uh, but they are like almost too independent. Some cats, you know, it's like you don't even have a pet. It's just a it's a living thing that's in your house, but it's not really a pet. It's just it's this living thing that doesn't give a fuck about you, you know. Um, and of course, not every cat is like this, but a lot of cats are like this um so like sometimes you might pet the cat and it freaks out and fucking bites you and scratches you like what <laughs> fuck you little cunt like i keep you in my house and you do this um That so that's one thing uh another thing that they do is uh just break stuff for fun you know um of course dogs might do it too, but I think they usually don't do it for fun. They do it for food. cats break shit for fun. And just in general, they, they only come to you when they feel like it. They don't really uh, and which is seldom, you know or, or it seems like it's seldom. And that's that's at least from my impression like they they just don't seem that affectionate as animals. And I might be wrong. And I've seen some, some cats that are not like this. But I think, like, in general, you can kind of make this statement. And that's even why, like, a lot of friends of mine, I, I thought about having a cat, and, and quite a few friends of mine, they always told me, okay, you should go to a shelter and just sit down and let a cat come to you and, and see, like, how affectionate they are towards you and how, how long they stay with you while you're sitting down if you're at a shelter uh, because then you you kind of weed out which cats are going to be like the the nice type you know and that's crazy like i think that's crazy it's not some it's not a process that you have with dogs for example um so okay let's talk about dogs so dogs also have their their negative traits you know um so the the problem with for example the problem with dogs is that they're very very needy in general like they They're designed to be like your permanent companions they should be following you everywhere Um, so it's kind of like having a permanent baby you know Uh, maybe okay when maybe when they're like six or seven plus it's fine but but it is kind of like having a permanent baby like you always have to be taking care of it and um, it, it can get annoying and depending on the breed of dog some need a lot more attention than others do which can also be very frustrating so uh, that's why usually it's recommended that, um, oh, and of course, they need a lot of, uh, of space, right? Place, like, they're very energetic and, and they like to do things. So usually it's better to have a dog outside of an apartment, so at, in a house or, or a place with a field, um, so they can really tire themselves out and, and just enjoy and explore by themselves. Um, of course, with cats, you can also let them roam outside if you're like living in the village or something. But uh, yeah, with, with dogs, usually you should have like an open field. You can also have them in the apartment. I had, I had a dog in, in our apartment. Um, but yeah, so that they're, they're more needy. They, they require more effort from you for sure. Especially like you, you need to take them out for walks because they will crap your entire apartment and stuff like this. So it's, it's really like having a baby. So it can get quite annoying in that sense. But since they're more needy, the cool thing is that, um, well, some of them can be a bit more independent, which is cool because they will do their own things and they won't bother you all the time. But since they're needy, they will always be by your side, you know, and they can really give you a lot of comfort and you won't have that experience where you're petting the dog and it doesn't want to to it doesn't want you to pet it you know it's very rare that that happens if they're angry or something uh it's very rare that that would happen and 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 when you want to play with the dog almost always they want to play back you know so that's perfect for me like if i um it's kind of like i get to be selfish in that sense like i don't have to because, because the, anim- the dog always wants to play or always wants to do things. So I don't have to wait for the dog to want to do stuff with me, you know. It's really frustrating. So yeah, it is a selfish uh, requirement of me. But I, I think I love dogs more than cats. And I would enjoy a dog much more than a cat. Because basically, I can get the things I want when I want them, you know. And I know that this creature always wants to be beside me. And I also want them to be beside me at some point, you know. And, and you just form like this really strong bond with a dog. Because it's kind of like a baby. You also, you're constantly sacrificing yourself for the dog. So that also creates more intimacy. Um, and of course, I'm not saying that a, a cat owner and a cat can't have the same connection as a dog owner and a dog. Of course, they, they can have the same connection. But for me, personally... I prefer dogs. I feel like I would connect more with a dog and they're they're just better animals in my opinion to have. But of course they're a lot more work and, and it's hard to take care of them, and especially if you if you leave for extended periods of time, then it's kind of shitty because you need to give them to someone else for a while. You need someone else to take care of them. And it's not like cats where you can just let them roam free and you know just give them food and water. Like if a dog is alone in the house for long periods of time they get really really nervous and anxious and it's just not good for them so yeah it's you need to take a lot more steps when you when you have a dog unfortunately so yeah that's the cost of having a more dependent loving creature is you need to you need to sacrifice a bit more um but i still prefer dogs i prefer dogs for sure um but one thing that I found interesting, maybe just to add as a final note, uh, it's it's interesting how, like, because some people theorize, like, why are they like this? Why are cats so much more independent than dogs? And one thing that I remember reading was, like, how these two animals were tamed. And it's very interesting because it's quite different. So in the case of dogs, um, what is theorized is that Uh, A long time ago, when we were kind of cavemen, I guess, um, some wolves would approach human uh, populations and they would try to uh, get some food scraps. And so people would let these wolves get the scraps. But if the wolves were very aggressive, the hunters would kill down the wolves and they would keep the cubs. And so either they would let the more tame adult wolves stay or they would uh, kill the wolf, the adult wolves, and take the babies, and and just raise them there. And so this process just kept on going and going and going. And um, and of course the wolves became tamer over time. And they would, uh, you know, assist humans in hunting and assist humans in doing a lot of things for food, because they knew that they would they would basically be guaranteed food. Um, so with, with wolves, there was a proper domestication and it came from the fact that the wolves approached humans and they you know, gradually weeded out the violent ones and kept the, the passive ones and bred them like this. So that's, that's the, the wolf case, which then became the dog, right? Um, for cats, it was very different. For cats, what happened was... Um, so with the increase in agriculture and plantations, um, this, uh, this attracted a lot of critters like rodents and, uh, and insects that preyed on, on vegetables and so on. And, and so this, on the other hand, uh, also additionally attracted cats or felines, um, which, which hunted down these critters uh, for food. So um, human populations started seeing an increase of cats um, or, you know, the ancestor of the cats um, show up and just uh, come there for the the critters and maybe for some extra scraps and then leave. And they would come and they would roam around. And uh, of course, maybe the aggressive ones would be killed and the the tame ones would just hang out and just eat the, the insects and just, you know, kind of hang around and do whatever they want to and and so it was kind of like the cats actually self-tamed themselves you know they weren't like properly tamed like the wolves so they were a lot more in the, they were a lot more independent and just hung out to to eat whatever was there um, <clears throat> they weren't actually brought into people's houses and because they they couldn't really use the cats for for any proper function they weren't like educated to behave in certain ways, cats just did whatever they wanted, and they just roamed free, and they just wouldn't attack humans and just attack the, the critters. So that's at least what I what I remember reading, and uh, it's very interesting. And I think that really shows the difference between the two animals. And uh, and yeah, I'm gonna say fuck cats and long live dogs. You know, no, I'm kidding. I actually like both animals, but if I had to pick, I would pick, I would pick dogs and uh and yeah i think that's it for today guys we've been talking for a really long time now this is the longest podcast so far but it's a good introduction because the next podcast will be the first get guest podcast with my friend albert who is uh who it's, it's a friend of mine from sweden and you guys will hear all about him in in the next edition i don't want to spoil um and yeah that's it thanks for tuning in if you have any questions let me know if you have any comments or feedback let me know as well uh if you have any complaints go ahead and complain uh and yeah if you have anything else you want to add feel free to comment Uh, i'm sure i forgot a lot of uh, a lot of things these were three big topics um but yeah let me know what you think and i'll talk to you Some other time.